This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. and the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is The Arrival. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the perpendicular, circundicular, superdicular, Justin Waddell. Justin, how is it going? You know, it's going. Got a, uh, a guy hit me up today, Nick. One of my Instagram handle. And you gave it to him? He reached out, at Bildy. He wanted it. He's a Twitch guy, and uh, I had to break it to him. He wanted but your name? He wanted at Bildy. He can go fuck himself. Because he made a logo that said Bildy before he checked who the original Bildy was. You know what I'm saying? He was sweet about it. Aren't you at Bildy at Twitter as, as well? Yeah, I am. I told him, uh, in all seriousness, I can't ruin my brand. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I wish mm-hmm. Russell felt the same way. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm fine. Fine. Yeah. Got me a early-ass flight tomorrow, so I got to power through this and... Yeah, so tell me about this flight. Where are you headed? Sunny Orlando, Florida. It's nice. Florida's beautiful. Yeah, great, know. great people. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna obviously barefoot the beach. I will right not. away. Orlando is not on the water, but you can get to the water quickly, right? Like two hours. That's what I'm saying. You're gonna barefoot on the beach. No, no. Are you going to Disney World? Is that open? I'm sure it is open, but I'm not going. No. Let me rephrase. Are you going to Epcot? Is it open? <laughs> How many times have you been to Epcot? Probably five. I was there yeah, the you, first year they opened. Is that where you had your first beer, or how did it work out? Like, what what have you done at that's Epcot? Where I, the that's where first I, time. That's where I gave my first beach. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't remember dick about Epcot to be honest. I remember they're, it was futuristic. And they're yeah they're they're based around a gigantic ball. That's their whole deal, right? Like that. Not unlike the movie we're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, Epcot, man. I I remember being disappointed when I was a kid, but it's a pretty fun place. There's not as many rides. If you're a kid, you want rides, mm-hmm. and Epcot's more about making your mind tingle. No, I wanted more, um, you know, displays on different cultures when I was a okay, kid. I was yeah. angry. Yeah. yeah, I love that whole world thing. That was really cool. I, I it mm-hmm. made me not. I mean, I think you feel the same way. You go to Epcot and you're like, well, fuck them countries. I got it. You know, I don't need them. I've been to a few of the countries that are represented at Epcot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't hold a candle. Oh, know? really? Yeah, I think Epcot nailed it. You know, right? Saves you the trouble of all the people and all the smells and all the words. I wonder if they've updated their USA section. You know, uh, for the last couple decades. Yeah, Maybe. I think yeah they got rid of the slave market. I think. 
Um, but yeah, I just I wonder how is it does it is it do right by these other countries or is it kind of half stereotype? I can't remember. You know, a hundred percent authentic. Is it? Yeah, and to okay. scale to scale too. I was surprised to see. <laughs> well, Epcot. Um, yeah, no, I'll be there. I'll be there in meetings. I play some golf. It'll be nice. Mm. Be warm. You know, get to let my let my hair down, let my flag fly, let my freak frag fly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Get my freak on. <laughs> with the, uh, did you get a tan? I did get a little tan today. We played golf today. I got a little little wind whip tan t- in me. Oh man, it was windy out, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty solid though. Pretty How's solid. How's the game? How's the game? It's all right. Yeah. Didn't do too well, huh? I think, as Mark Ruffalo said in, in uh, Collateral, it's mezzo-mezzo, you know? How many times you shank it today? I didn't. I didn't you shank didn't? it. No. No? No, that's... Every once in a while, I mean, especially with the cold weather, the way that the grass is, it's all car path only today. The grass is a little hard. The the, the sand, you know, sand traps are a little hard, so you had a couple shots that didn't do what you wanted, but, you know. I can't, sh- I can't shape them like I like to. <laughs> Did they bounce right out of the sand trap? That's a gift from heaven. No, I, I like this. I like the fluff. I like being able to fluff the fluff to nurture that thing out. I don't. I don't know what I, that means. Well, no. If it's if the sand traps are in great shape, and, mm-hmm. and you know and you know to hit out of there, it's actually great because you get a nice. You have a lot of control over it, and you don't run into the problems when it's hard and when there's some. Some uh, you know when they've had water and, and it's hard pan. Oh my god, mm-hmm. the thing will squirt out and go miles, and it's not a friend. But it's not great. It worked do out. You ever, was... Do you ever get the like? I haven't played. I don't play a lot of golf, but do you ever get the uh, the desire to just pop a squat in that sand trap and just start playing? Take a poop and sh- and cover it in like a cat. It's not, not, that's not what what are you talking be. about? Just you know, just start playing in the sand. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, yes, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I used to take pictures of my kids in the sand traps in my neighborhood and make it look like they were at the beach and you know frame out frame out the grass. People get jealous. They think I'm a good father. Yeah, reality is telling a much different story. You know, I'd go in the sand traps with my kid and we'd we'd we'd, we'd look over at Ted Danson's head and say, "Fuck you, man." Buried in the sand, fuck. <laughs> Little creep show reference. That's right. Creepshow's a movie, and this show actually kind of covers movies. Oh, we do? It's yeah. a movie microscope, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. A show in which we zoom in. We watch a film through completely crystalline eyes, and we pull the cubits from the cubic, and we run down the Rubicon with our feet out and swim, challenge ourselves to a, a Nestle eating contest, and we watch a movie with a set of bazonkers eyes. We pull back, withdraw, back up to each other, and decide what makes or breaks. So if we were watching, I don't know, Solomon Kane, we wouldn't talk about the scene where James Purifoy finds some fat stacks in the false front of his boombox. We talk about the little moments. <laughs> and there's tons in today's movie. David Toohey's The Arrival. You think they had high hopes for Solomon Kane? I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. Did they I think that was? Did they meet Someone's those hopes? <laughs> yeah. Do you think they screamed we got Purfoy whenever he was cast? Who else were, that? Oh god, I don't know. It looks like it's it looks like something that might feature Ron Perlman. Who could know? There has to be some esteemed British actor in it who plays the mentor character, right? Let's look. Solomon Kane. 
Max von Sydow, of course. He's in that, huh? Pete Postlethwaite. Probably his last film, which would be a real sad thing for him. 2009, Nick. No, that wasn't his... Well, that's... Postlethwaite, he's been gone a while. He has been. Sucks, man. His last movie. Let's let's, let's see what, what sent him off in his way. Oh, it was Killing Bono. He was in, like, the town. He was. That was the too. second to last. He was the flower yeah. salesman. So he got he got a few more under his belt after Solomon Kane took a wet one under him. I think Max von Sydow's uh, agents were doing right by him when they said, you got to do Solomon Kane." you know? Let's right. end this career, uh, you know, with with a cherry on the on the Sunday. Directed by James Cameron. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I read that wrong. It's somebody else. <laughs> Little little Alice Creech in this. Oh my God! Remember her? Of course I do. She she was always like she's pale, and she played like a, a the villain in a Star Trek movie, like a mm-hmm. one of like the Borg movie, I think. She's in Ghost Story, my friend. I That's believe. right, she is. A movie we will will definitely do on this show before it's all said and done. Yeah, the movie will never leave, leave my memory. I think we've turned, you know, over the years of the old show and this show, we've turned a lot of people on to a lot of things, but especially back in the old days. I'd like to think that there are a large chunk of civilians out there who would never have seen the Manitou or the Brood or the Boogans or Prophecy or, or yes, even that film, Ghost Story, thanks Ghost to story, us. Yeah. I think we brought joy to a lot of hearts. I think you're right. Avatar. Yeah. It's also another. Brimstone and Treacle. Martin Sheen's, or no, I'm sorry, Emilio Estevez's The Way. I saw that movie myself. I did too. Kind of a cutie. Kind of it's a, a sad family little, production. A little sad tale. It's people about people walking. Yeah, it's about a guy carrying his son's memory across the forgotten realms. Or is it, is his is his father who's who's dead? Who's dead? Yeah, Sheen's carrying his dead. I don't remember, but it's not forgotten realms. It's a remembered uh, traverse. Yeah, a journey. Cool. It's a it's a pathway. It's a You're right. journey people take somewhere. I can't remember where. If it was a forgotten realm, may have sold some tickets. <laughs> but today's movie, ladies and gentlemen, is The Arrival, a movie that's near and dear, directed by a man who is near and dear, starring one of America's finest. We got let me let's let me run down the cast here. All right, we got Leon Rippey. Yep, the legend, absolute legend, star of Cuffs. You got Ron Silver. The legend. You got Lindsey Krause. The fucking legend. Absolutely. You got, you've got Terrence Polo. You have uh, Richard Schiff. In, uh, the legend. <laughs> a, absolute. And uh, is that everybody? That's it. All right. Charlie uh, Sheen, my friend. Oh, yeah. That's all right. Okay. It makes it, it makes me very upset upset when I see uh, my wife likes to watch dog shit TV and she watches The Good Doctor, which is one of the most insanely annoying shows I've ever seen. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like the the doctor has a, is he autistic? Yeah, and and that actor has mm-hmm. won numerous awards for being mm-hmm. awful. He's a guy from Bates Motel, right? Which he's very good in. He's shit in this, and I is have an bad? autistic son. And I should be more finely attuned, but nope. Um, but Schiff is in it. Plays his pops. Blew my blew my ass right off. That's incredible that he's they they let him survive past episode one. Yeah, he is a uh, rivals Kim Coates in the death the death his deaths in cinema. Am I right? 
I mean, he died in the Jurassic movie, and he dies in Lost spoiler Friends. spoiler alert dies in this. But you know what? He dies for no reason in this. <laughs> he is he is a company man. He is not going to do anything, and they kill him anyway. The guy owned it on the West Wing. I mean, he was just absolutely... He, he was my favorite character for the bulk of that series. Schiff and Kraus both on that show, correct? I don't remember Kraus being on it. Or is it... Or Terry Polo. Was Polo on that? No. I mean, she might have been. She may have been. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of weird... Like, there's a lot of weirds up in the in the, in the West Wing. <clears throat> but, By the way, I didn't, I didn't call Terry Polo a legend when, when you're reeling off the cast, and I, I regret it instantly. I love her. She's fine. I like her a lot. License uh, to Drive... I'll, Scale it back. She wasn't licensed to drive. Wasn't that's, that's where she started? She played Mercedes, right? Yeah. Remember when I was when I was in middle school? Maybe when that came out? Maybe early high? I think it was middle school. Mm-hmm. Mercedes, that character was the object of desire by so many. She had those lovely curly locks in that movie. I remember, and she was Corey Haim's love interest or his date, right? But who was the older brother in that? I have no idea. I don't think I've seen. He that was movie. the guy that was running a file of like the crime syndicate in that. I causing don't, all the trouble. Don't know. Didn't see it. Didn't see it. I saw it. I didn't see it out of spite because everybody was loving on her. I was like, fuck this. I'm too good. You didn't see it, huh? Uh-uh. And I, I, I kept waiting. You know, I, was, I, was, I wanted to, and I kept seeing Timothy Dalton shooting people. I was like, this doesn't seem like the right film. <sighs> that was the Corey's, my friend. Who's the best Corey out there? Corey Stoll. You got Corey Glover. You got Corey Feldman. You got... Um. John Corey, who who's the star of the series of books by Nelson DeMille. Great yeah. series of books. I can't think of any other. I Corys. think it's somebody named Corey wrote Leviathan Wakes, which is what The Expanse is based on. That's true. Nice. You're getting there. You're Aaron getting Eckhart deep. and uh, Hilary Swank were in the Corey. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, there were. It's the exact title. Well, John Rogers, right? Script. Jackie Cario in that. Anyway, we're, we're killing it right now. <laughs> So what's the premise of The Arrival, Justin? Charlie, Charlie Sheen plays a, I don't know, an astrophysicist? What is a he doing A radio astronomer. Radio astronomer. I don't know what they call them. He's just, you know, he's one of those guys that's a nerd around satellites, right? Mm-hmm. He's listening to space. You know, and they're eating chips, drinking, you know, Cokes. They're not... That is the plot. The, that is the plot of the movie. And, you know, the fluorescent light, you know, bad skin. And then an alien invasion. <laughs> So what happens is he's listening to space, as one will, will do, and hears a strange sound, which he records. Um, and this being the late 80s, he records it on cassette, I believe, right? He does. A, d- a dat tape, to be <clears throat> to be precise. Dat tape, nice. And then he um, takes it to his boss, and things start to unfold in a very strange way. He gets immediately fired. Um, you know... They start to cover up a tape. This tape, no one, the word doesn't get out. Ron Silver a, smashes it with his own hands, and Sheen is confused. He's like, "I thought I had the discovery of the of the century here, and no one's no one's giving me any credit." So he goes on a mission to find out why. What's the name of that little star that he locates on his? Uh... Are you talking about Wolf three Wolf three three six? I sure am. Yeah, that's that was that's my gamer tag. <laughs> I think everybody loves that part of this movie. When they talk about that star. Yeah. Do you think Richard Schiff, who plays Charlie Sheen's partner at the radio telescope thing, do you think he regrets having a scene where he and Charlie Sheen are howling after naming or discovering Wolf 336? No. Okay. It's a little awkward, but I think Schiff gives it his all. And Charlie Sheen, you got to kind of accept anything he gives on screen. Am I wrong? You know, there's this... Charlie Sheen is a caricature now. 
And he's not a great actor. No. But he's been in a lot of great movies, and he's been good in a lot of great movies. I I almost feel as if he is underappreciated despite all the chaff surrounding his persona. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at, obviously, Wall Street's a classic film, and he anchors it in a sort of impossible situation. Platoon. Uh, I mean, there's a lot. He's solid. I love me some he Charlie. Didn't, he didn't get there easily, Charlie. Are you joking? He climbed his way into movies. He climbed his way to the top. I mean, when you're born not connected to the industry, I'm you know, ripping them neck. Nepotism, bro. We have. There's a lot of guys out there who are the sons and daughters of greats that... Oh, I wasn't even thinking of Martin Sheen. I was just talking about Emilio. <laughs> that that are... That get their crack and, and don't last. Charlie's been around for three decades, four decades. And I don't no, think... He, I mean, Martin Sheen's great, but I don't think he's what you'd call the a power, a power broker in Hollywood. He threw his weight around a little bit. He was on the West Wing, for God's sakes, the show that you just named her up that you love. Oh, you mean the show that came out decades after Charlie Sheen had entrenched himself in Hollywood's... Uh... I'm just saying, I mean, he was Apocalypse Now, West Wing, other movies that I'm thinking about. Right. What no, other movies he was he in? The, the oh, Believers. The Believers, yeah. The I mean, Believers, the, yeah. Jesus, of course. Dead Zone. Oh, he's a good guy in Dead Zone. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I, look, I love Charlie Sheen, and uh, my favorite one of my favorite performances by him is in... Um, being John, John Malkovich. Malkovich. I knew he's, you were going there. It makes me happy. But he's amazing in that movie. He really is so funny in it. Um, and uh, originally that that they were trying to get somebody else to be in that movie. It was like, I can't remember who it was, but it was like Patrick Swayze or something, you know? And that might, that might be a Zombieland thing. But <clears throat> anyway, whoever, they, that was genius. He's so good in that movie. He's is great. He, is you know, he Charlie bald in is it? great and stuff. I think he is. Yeah. Something, something like that. But, you know, in, in real life, problematic, though. Yeah, he's Let's a be scumbag in real life, but mm-hmm. love a lot of his work. And I, I still enjoy seeing him. I, I Mind if I zoom in real quick? Do it. In real life? Mm-hmm. IRL. That's the abbreviation. Yep. Did you ever hear that before? Just now. First time. IRL. And yeah. then we're chatting, right, right now? Mm-hmm. IRC. You zoomed in too? You piggyback zoomed? Yeah. I telephoto <laughs> that shit. Thanks. All right. So they nerded up Charlie Sheen for this movie. I think Tui, who we, you and I both love, David Tui, who wrote and directed this early in his career. I think a kind of a, a screenwriter before director. Um, Term of Lossy? Was this his first film that he directed? I think it is. And so... He had worked with Charlie Sheen before in Terminal Velocity, like what he saw. And he said, you know what? I got this alien script, this alien conspiracy script. I'm going to rewrite it for my main man, Charlie Sheen. It is burning a hole in his pocket, the script. And he said, Charlie, look, I got to nerd you up, grow out your goatee, get a, a 50s haircut, put on a vest and some glasses, and everybody will mistake you for a scientist. I'd like to apologize. Yeah. His first film was Grand Tour Disaster in Time. Jeff Daniels movie. Yep. I saw that movie. Actually, an interesting movie. First picture that comes up is a picture of somebody with weird goggles. And I ain't (laughs) kidding. 
they're from the future. That's a time travel movie that also involves a deer that crashes through a windshield. That's what I remember about it. Nice. <clears throat> anyway, do you think that title maybe could have used a change? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's it? What's it called again? Grand Tour colon Disaster in Time. <laughs> yeah, that's his first one. But you know, too, he's a. I think a craftsman. I love his movies. Me too. Perfect Getaway. He did Below, right? He sure did. He didn't write that one though. I did the you know Pitch Black films. You remember who did wrote it? Aronofsky. He was one of them, and 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 two we did rewrite it. Mm-hmm. So early Zach Galifianakis, very early acting yeah. role. Yeah. Anyway, so let's get to this. He's nerding out, and um, they hear a voice from space, uh, some new noise from space, and then they like we said, we take they, he takes it to his boss Ron Silver, who shuts him down. First, he's just like, hey, this ain't nothing. This is, who gives a shit about this tape? And then he destroys the evidence. Yeah. And Charlie, lose, Charlie loses his job. He does. And do you notice the, the fashion he's sporting during the, the that portion of the film? Charlie? Yeah. Is he in like a tech gear? Like a well, he's in, he's gear? in like, you know, his plaid shirt and khakis, I think. But he's got this really, really weird white vest. This like little, it's almost like a, oh. gra- a grandma vest. I mentioned the vest, yeah, and it's over a like a nice uh, you know patterned shirt. It's it's a weird look. It's a, it's late eighties though, Nick. Yeah, but you know, Ron Silver. I've, I've there's I've tried I've been trying to put my finger on what it is about Ron Silver that is that I disconnect with. Okay, and I finally figured it out when I was watching this movie. Ron Silver looks like a guy who has had a beard all his life and just shaved it. <laughs> That's fair enough. Ron Silver, uh, an intimidating presence on screen, usually a bad guy. They kind of deploy him as a bad guy. Long passed away, right? Yeah, he's super Um, dead. Um, But always worthwhile in movies. He was in Time Cop. He has like a twin. Doesn't he have like a a different self in Time Cop? And in this, he has uh, a clone or a twin. Only one Ron Silver in Blue Steel, though. You sure? Funny thing is, is he in front of a mirror at any point? The thing I love about Ron Silver is he's he's like the mm. la- he was the latest in a long line of Ron Silver type people, and there yeah. are, and in his stead there have been many Ron Silvers that have followed. Those guys who play that part who are that sort of blandy. Actually, yeah. Andy Garcia um, had a little Ron Silver in him for a stretcher, but he's pulling it. He pulled out from the gate and took off. Right, but. I'm looking for, is that his actual name? Or, I mean, I'm sure it's Ronald Silver, but is Silver his last name is what I'm asking. Well, it definitely was his last name because he died. So he's not. I think it is. And so here's what I'm asking you. Ron Silver kind of known for, for, you said it looks like he shaved his beard, and he is clean shaven in this. But if you look on his, his Wikipedia page, he's goateeing it. And do you think he gave Charlie any goatee advice on this film behind the scenes? Th- I don't think he did. But I know why he has that goatee, because he's got a weird bottom of the mouth head. Mm-hmm. He's got a weird, he's got a weird, like, the lower half of his head. It's just little... not cool. Yeah. It's not cool to say. He died. That's anyway, cool. a good actor, I think. Yeah, oh yeah. Love him. Intense. Mm-hmm. Intense, Mr. Ron Silver. Yeah, um, I get the kind of um, disapproving presence that's kind of how they use him in this yeah he, he reminds me of my aunt mary sometimes with his face he i think sheen could have taken some um 
acting advice from Ron Silver. Ron Silver keeps it pretty low-key in this and kind of, you know, uh, low-key mad. Where Charlie is a goofball. He's Jerry Lewising throughout this entire film. I mean, you notice his facial expressions, right? Yeah, but I don't think he's Jerry Lewising. I I think he's an he ad- Pratt falls he Pratt falls in the alien um, <laughs> hideout. Yeah, you know what? He's the everyman. You and I in the same situation, <laughs> mm-hmm. we would Pratt fall. We would make those faces. He's digging into a frozen coat for ten minutes at the end of this film. Unbelievable! <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> He's trying to shred apart a frozen coat to get to a tape. Yep. Dewey was like, this is going to be sizzling on screen. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the people at, at uh, Lionsgate were, Mr. Uh, Tui, what do you have in mind for the third act climax of this? Have you ever seen somebody rummage through a frozen shirt? <laughs> Green light, baby. <laughs> so anyway... Um, things start to go to hell in Charlie Sheen's life. Richard Schiff, who is his partner and their buddies, um, you know, they Sheen reaches out and goes, "Hey, you know, they're trying to destroy the evidence. Get a backup copy of this tape, please." And Schiff says, "No, I'm not going to do that." And then he gets killed for his uh, compliance, basically. Yeah, yeah that's a, does that bad guys kill yeah. him anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, and 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 I love one of the things I love about this movie. We don't have the mm-hmm. time to go over all the things I love about it, but mm-hmm. the villains of the piece, the muscle, are two guys that drive a landscaping truck. Of course. And, and they do landscaping in this. They do. Well, they, they, they sort of do. And they carry the equipment around awkwardly, and they make a big point of showing them carrying the equipment around awkwardly. One of these is, is, the, is the aforementioned Leon Rippey, who is a super legend. Um, yeah. I don't know why, but he is. Uh, the other guy's got a sickle. At one point, he sure does, and it's ridic. It's ridic. Um, they have a shot of the of an elephant's severed head in this movie. That threw me really? uh, threw me for a loop. There's a scene where I think it's Lindsey Krauss, like the TV has mm. some like hunger world hunger photos. Yeah, I noticed. I figured that was one, quite the, real. One of the last shots is of a severed elephant head, and it, it didn't. I was eating supper. You yeah. got a you got a you got a flash on the screen. Elephant head coming. We didn't say this. That how Terry Polo's introduced is that she's uh, Charlie Sheen's girlfriend, and whenever she's calling him and he's late at work, and she's like, "I need you to, you know, come home, you know, go on to the bar with me, and then come home and fulfill my desires in the bedroom," and the alien noises start to happen during that conversation. He yep. hangs up on her. Yeah, he doesn't hang up on late, her. He just leaves the phone on the floor, and then he later. Uh, is is you know they do have uh, sex and they show the aftermath, and it's Sheen full dad bod. Mm-hmm. You know he's looking and super sweaty like he's been working at it. This whole movie is the epitome of different sweaty sweaty Sheen. They keep sweating. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Because a lot of it takes it does take place in Mexico too, right? Right. Where it's certainly hotter where they are. Where where does where does this part of the movie take place? Do you remember? Probably California. <sighs> No Alaska. <laughs> no, the funny, the, the whole well, there's a whole global warming element to this movie, so I assume that's one of the reasons that yeah. Charlie's got some sweats. What happens the shift whenever he, the alien noises start? Tell me. He pisses on his shoes. He's at the urinal, and yeah. he. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah, he stands back and he wheezes on his shoes. Okay, I, th- I I must have been not paying complete attention. I thought it was just a drink that he spilled. Mm. Didn't no. look like piss to me. It looked like water. 
They did no, not use those shoes. They didn't use piss for that. That's not true. That's not what I read in trivia. <laughs> he actually, the night before, peed in a cup and held it. Nice. And sprinkled it over his shoes during that scene. <laughs> uh, they had a piss. Uh, they had a piss director. Yeah. On screen, on the you know, on set, too, he hired them so they could well, simulate. The know. funny thing is, is in, when you're doing a union gig, the mm-hmm. the talent's not allowed to handle stuff, so they had to have a a grip mm-hmm. move that shit around on set before they Fair enough. went. Yeah. You know, they filmed. So there was a piss wrangler too. <clears throat> oh man, yeah, this movie's got a pretty big budget, and it's just it's a very apparent on screen. Now, did you see the quote? That Charlie had in his office. It surfaces several times. A man's reach should exceed his grasp, or else what's heaven for? And that is by Robert Browning. Right. All right. The husband of Elizabeth Barrett Browning, zoom in, also a poet. Funny thing is, Browning and Barrett are both weapons. Is that true? Both guns, yeah. Elizabeth Barrett Browning, a little bit of an invalid back in her day. But these hot, are... this hot, is a, hot. This is a marriage of two poets, Nick. Zoom in. Hot. <laughs> I mean, but she, you know, if you wanted to quote her, she would have something like um, uh, light tomorrow or light, light tomorrow with today or something like that. What do you think is the better quote? The first between one. Those two? Yeah. First one. Uh, sexist. Yeah. I think, I think Elizabeth Brown, I'd rather read her shit. Yeah. I'll say it right now. Any day. Yeah, I like her. I like I like her poems. I like her poems about, you know, like circumferences and, hmm. you know, like she does a really nice piece on largemouth bass. You know, like I once saw a bass swimming nice and round. I pounded that bitch. <laughs> anyway, Terry Polo trying to get laid during alien contact. Yeah. You know, which is just, I hand it to her, you know. You, are you, you think she's getting turned on by the vibrating voices from the beyond? No, no, she's getting turned on. And she has to use the vibrating all the time. Kashin isn't. He's not coming yeah. through. Here's another thing. In his office, he has a poster, and this predates X Files. It says, yeah. "Are we alone?" Yeah, that gets blown over at one scene in the movie. Like, there's, it's like on a door or something, and it gets knocked down. Yeah, and, and uh, then he is alone. For a good portion of the film, because he, he, did, is, he yeah. did not fulfill her desires. Zane Zeminski in this, Nick. That's Charlie's name. Give me a rating on that from one to ten here. At least a seven. Yeah. Yeah. I put it up. I put it higher. All right. Eight. It's the Zeminski that bothers me. <laughs> Do you have you known many Zanes in your life? I have known three Zanes. Oh, that is three more than I have known. Yeah. So tell me. Oh, wait. One of them was a Mike. <laughs> um. So, she, at one point, Charlie is after sex. He's laying on the bed talking to uh, his his girlfriend Terry Polo, and he's got a little monster finger puppet. Love it. Love it. He in this movie, Charlie has a few things on his fingers. I don't know if you noticed. At one point, he acts with uh, a candy on his on one of his fingers, his pointer finger, for the entire scene. He takes it out of his mouth, puts it on his finger, and then proceeds to act it out with that candy still on his index finger. Magnificent. 
Yeah. And and you and still you don't love him. I don't get the I don't know how many things he has to do to win your heart. It could have been a Halls, it could have been a Jolly Rancher, but I tell you what, if you need candy to stick to your in- index finger while you're doing things, Jolly Rancher is that'll do it. Yeah, so it's a sticky candy. After he's fired, mm-hmm. first of all, he meets his neighbor, who's a major part in the film. Um, yeah, a young actor, young young boy. Yeah, and he starts to you know he starts to ruminate because he's wallowing for a very short period of time. Then he starts to get a plan. He decides I'm going to go undercover as a cable man mm-hmm. and hook up some satellites and kick some ass. And there's a wonderful montage. Where he is going door to door, love it shows shows off his many facets. Well, he's undercover as I mean I think actually that's his job. He's a satellite technician. He, yeah, but he changes the name on his uh, on his. Yeah, to do you remember the names? I remember Horace, and I remember um, there was one that was Mort. Yep, those are the two. Yeah, and there was another one earlier on, but I don't remember what it was. I couldn't read it. It says Gern. That's what I thought. It was like I didn't. Yeah. Know, was that a reference? I don't know, but it's like, so he's got three separate shirts with three different patches with names. Yeah. And one of those names is Gurn. I saw it and I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to make of it. Is that, is that like a, is that a, like a nod to CERN? How many Gurns have you known in your life? (laughs) Any? No, I don't, man. Yeah. Um, I wish his name was Gurn in this though. Just one word, no last name, Gurn. Can you imagine? Everybody would believe him less if his name was Gern. Anyway, so we didn't talk about this at the beginning. Lindsay Krause, who we haven't met yet, really, beyond this first scene, she's walking around in the Arctic, Arctic, in a in a in a sunny field, and she's like, "This shouldn't she's a, be happening." She's like a poppy specialist, right? Right, and so she writes an article called "The Arctic Poppy." A ch- a chilling paradox. And, you know, get out of here with that title. I don't want to read that shit. No wonder no one's here heeding the warnings of of global warming with that yeah. kind of title. Yeah. But later on, she wears, like, uh, boots, like, with, with, with socks rolled down to them. So she kind of makes up for it. Yeah, that's fair enough. But she's got some weird sunglasses in this, some goggles. Uh, and I was thinking... Is Lizzie Krause the OG steampunk model? Like, is she? Yeah. If you tie everything back in steampunk, does it land on Lindsay Krause? Yeah. At the at the beginning scene of what's this movie called? <laughs> the Arrival. Yeah. The thing about the title of this movie is they already have arrived. I noticed that when I was watching it. <laughs> yeah. They've been here, man. There is no arriving in this. They're here and yeah. they're living and they're winning. Maybe it's about Charlie Sheen arriving at the their base. You know, I never thought of that. Yeah. Or his arrival to the truth. Or maybe Ron Silver is a rival of his. Oh, I didn't think of that a little double play there. Yeah. Nice. By the way, mm-hmm. when Richard Schiff is de- dead with his eyes open, you know what they put him on? What a gurn. He did. He's in an ambulance. There's an ambulance shot of this. Like, he's still alive watching Charlie Sheen fade away. Yeah, there's a lot of shots of dead folk that are... Mm-hmm. There's a later shot of Lindsay and stiffest Lindsay I've ever seen. Um, when when, uh, tri- when the things start going bad for Charlie, and he's getting discredited, and, you know, Richard Schiff is, dies, and 
he gets incensed and he, and he uh, storms in on a TED talk. Sort of, yeah. And, and he's looking for Ron Silver and he and he hops up on stage. Well, I love Very it. Cute hop. I love the fact yeah, he does do that exactly, and he hops <laughs> off too. But I love that the guy uh, says, "Would you like my microphone like to be total a dick?" And Charlie Sheen takes him up on it. Don't mind if I, I do use your microphone. Thank you, sir. And I don't know who says it, but someone in the movie, as if to date it, date it so hard, says, "What is this? Tales from the Dark Side." Charlie says it. They say it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact that there's a. First of all, I'm so happy about this movie because the F1 key gets some serious screen time in this movie. Yeah, of course. I love yeah. seeing that that button get some love. Mm. First of all, but I do love the line when the little kid. When Charlie Sheen's kind of giving the kid the rundown, if he wants to hang out with him and learn about what's going on, you know, he's got to play by Charlie's rules. And the kid goes, "What am I new? <laughs> I love it. What am I new? What a cute, what a cute little line." If you know this about the F one key, it's short for fun. I'm gonna zoom in. Did you know that? I didn't. Yeah. So, what do you think of this shot? Charlie Sheen is staring into space in his backyard. Ass shot. And there's. There is a shot that is just aimed straight up at his ass to space. It's a very strange shot, I think. It's it's a Spielberg shot, but it's mm-hmm. usually a boy, like like, like a, the whole innocence and the stars and all this and that. But, mm-hmm. but it's different when you got a guy who's, that ass has probably been on a stripper very recently. It has been explored, I'm sure, by... Many of his, uh, that's very, not... probably himself actually. But here's the thing I was gonna say, is that he creates a weird shit area in his house. Have you ever done that? A weird shit area. Yeah. So like you know, he starts to say, "I'm gonna DIY this or DIY it. I'm gonna DIY um, a satellite receptor or center or whatever." And he creates this huge weird, you know, second like lab in his house. Yeah, I love it. It's got like dry ice. It's got all sorts of weird shit. But that shot you were talking about with his asshole, mm-hmm. um, the thing I love about that scene is Tui tried to make him pull a Bruce Campbell almost. Yeah. Because the scene where he's he's starting to lose his shit, like he gets sprinkled on, the sprinklers mm-hmm. turn on and wet him out, and he, try, he like goes a little insane for a few seconds, and it's a scene that Bruce Campbell was built for, but Charlie Sheen has is not. So it, you're right, exactly. Bruce Campbell would be perfect. You, in, you, in this role. you see, you see the potential, and unfortunately, that's one. That's the only time in his career where Charlie didn't stick the landing. So this this young actor, this kid actor, um, he's introduced to us by he's trying to break into the house or just snoop on Charlie Sheen's um, DIY lab. He gets scared by Charlie Sheen and he falls and he's hanging upside down in the lattice or whatever. There's, yeah, uh, he has to do a little bit of upside down acting. They have a meet cute, yeah. Much like Spider Man, the original Spider Man. Yeah, it's not as erotic, but I. Mm-hmm. But then I, I love it. Uh, later on, he's in Charlie's place, and Charlie's trying to get put a cold compress on the kid's knee. Right. Charlie Sheen has no idea that he has bitten <sighs> off way more than he can chew. Because first of all, that kid's knees don't like the cold, and secondly, <laughs> you got it on wrong. <laughs> um, the alien knees in this movie do bend frontwards, right? Is that what happens? They kind of unlock I don't, and you're burying the lead. Like that is the fucking point of this movie. <laughs> Literally, the alien knee bending is the only reason people even know this movie exists. <laughs> well, describe it to me in a, in a way. I mean, Can you? okay, so picture the way human knees bend and then reverse mm-hmm. it. Exactly. 
and then bring in some some clunky CG and you got it. But it is yeah, some weird, and it's some sounds, a weird sound, like an unlocking sound. Well, the the funny thing is, when I saw that, I remember the moment I was. I know where I was. I know the who I was with. When I when I saw I saw that when I saw this in the theater, when that knee fucking bend happens at an hour and eight minutes into this movie, a part of me grew. Like I, I may not have even been sentient until that moment. <laughs> is that when your awakening was? Yeah, I think I think there's. I, my, I look at my life into two parts, really. It's before and after that fucking moment. So here's when my life changed today when I watched, or this is a lot yesterday. Um, when Charlie Sheen almost gets assassinated by a bathtub on purpose. That's a ridiculous scene. <laughs> He's in a really dodgy hotel in Mexico. He's on the phone, I think, and he uh, you see this water start to seep in his bathroom. It's a trickle at first, and then it just keeps going, and he realizes something's wrong, and, and a bathtub from the room above starts to, you know, crash down on him. He leaps out naked, um, and then the other bathtub collapses into the room below it, and there's a naked woman down there, and it's just like a it's like a domino effect of yeah. bathtubs. Yeah, she's naked on the toilet. Mm-hmm. And screaming. He's, he's naked in, in the bathtub. But there's an assassin that, and I, I will say, I he's love an, him so much. He's an alien assassin. He's the cutest assassin I've seen in film in a long time. Adorable. He is adorable. He does it his way, and he, you know, he and, could, and he does not go anywhere without his little skeleton puppets. So his disguise is he has the ugliest looking puppet, this little skeleton puppet that he's he's like, I'm gonna be inconspicuous. I'm gonna drag this puppet around and walk it everywhere so cute and he's got like these toy he's got like a skeletons and coffins like he yeah, it's, it's a, a very well, strange well, he's assassin. A santa muerte man he's that's like a big yeah. thing and then they have the there's a giant one that's going around town and there's one shot of it where it looks like a harryhausen creation the way that yeah. it's it's shoddily animated or if it's just mm-hmm. they change the frame rate so great I, I've, I've seen a very big puppet before like a like an astronaut puppet but like you know like a story, a couple stories oh, high. Oh, you've been to D.C.? What is that? Washington, D.C.? Why, they have one of those there? I don't know. A lot, of, pu- a lot, of, pup- a lot of puppets walking around. Oh, man, nice. They fucking nailed it. Charlie Sheen finds this assassin, and they, that's when the backwards knees start nope. happening. They don't happen. He doesn't see the backwards knees till later. No, that, that's when it happens, because he's chasing this guy, and that guy gets away by... That's um, right. ...doing his knees weird and then jumping up into the sky. That's right. Well, wait... Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Because is it a later a later scene where a guy does that too? One of the mm-hmm. landscapers does that too. But you don't get to see the the fully unclothed alien knees until much later. Oh, that's while Charlie's in Mexico, and when he is in Mexico, Leon Rippey and his buddy go to Charlie's house with their special ball. Yeah, like if it's almost like a phantasm ball in a way. It's in my top five balls. It's like the Epcot Center ball. It is, except it spins and does amazing shit. It's like a Roomba. It eats a room. I mean, that's like what it does, right? It just consumes It consumes the lab that Charlie's made. Yeah. And it takes everything. Including a bird. A little bird that's flying outside gets... Uh, yeah, that's a poor bird. Yeah, and then... Anyway, know- Lindsay Krause, he meets up with Lindsay Krause down in Mexico, and she acts in the scene. She got a big old scrape on her cheek. Yeah. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Must have been a real wound. Nice. So, Do you think she wanted that affectation? Like she was like, "Can, can I give give me a scratch? Give me a scrape?" I think she probably really did scrape that cheek. Maybe it was wayward hair. I don't know, Nick. What do you think? 
I think it, I, I think I don't remember. I never noticed it. I know that, that she wants his, his serious meat. So they get arrested together, and then they get out, and they kind of bond over... I don't know why she is so targeted. She's not really on to anything. She's just down there kind of doing a little snooping around. Charlie's really the threat, but they decided they're going to kill her. And how did they kill her? With scorpions. Okay, just... Who kills her with the scorpions? The cutest assassin in the world. <laughs> Alien assassin. Yeah, I... I thought it'd been great if the bird that gets sucked through the ball is a grouse, and then they cut to Kraus, and then the, <laughs> those those who know know, right? I'm gonna give you a wiki feed alert on this. So, so she tries to tempt Charlie into her bedroom, and he's like, you know, I got mixed feelings. Like, I'm tempted, but I'm I'm still hooked on Terry Polo, who's ignoring my calls, and um, you know, I want to try abstinence for a while, and then he leaves, and then Lindsay Kraus gets killed by these scorpions, but not before they have a very close up of her feet going into the sheets like where the scorpions are yeah and they they just really zoom in on her feet and then later on you get a load of charlie's feet too <laughs> i did not know this was such a hit on wiki feet yeah this movie i was surprised it's wondering why i was dry heaving through parts of the film <laughs> so charlie surprise Sheen... con- by the way surprise contender for top five wiki feet entries like all timers it's a pull yeah mm-hmm. so charlie sheen discovers this facility where the aliens are secretly doing their bidding. They got all sorts of shit going on in there. I mean, they are nutting out. And the taxi driver uh, who picks him up at the airport, who has another surprise alien assassin type character, you know, he goes and they scan his face. Charlie Sheen sneaks into the the front trunk of that Volkswagen rather easily. I don't... That blew my mind. The front trunk. And he does... And this is when you find out that this guy's an alien because he gets scanned and you see his little alien face under his human skin, which is a very cute shot. But what is interesting is the aliens are killing everybody in this movie but the one person that's causing trouble. Yep. Well, it's because he's so, you know, sneaky. You know, he's so subtle in his being everywhere in the middle of everything easily. What about this chaplain-esque moment that happens in the alien hideout or wherever, alien headquarters, where Charlie Sheen is just standing on the floor and all of a sudden this thing pops out of the floor like a little elevator and he's on top of it. It did remind me a little bit of Ben Chaplin. (laughs) I'm telling you, he's Jerry Lewising in this movie a little bit. What do you think about the skin flaps on the alien heads? I'm into it. Little little skin, little little skinheads. You know? Yeah, they have like a little wraparounds or something. Anyway, so the, in this whole sequence, is about an hour in. Charlie Sheen gets to squint at special effects. You mean That's like he's the doing. giant gas balls surfacing and whatnot? Yes. Yeah, everything. He's just looking at them, and he's got like this you know, look on his face. Like, can't believe this shit. You know, I imagine what he was really looking at was like what, a couple tennis balls against the. Yeah. Green background. Tui's there going, it's going to be magnificent, Charlie. Just picture something you can't understand. You know, just yeah. something your mind can't fathom. It's broken. Your, your mind's breaking. So, so Charlie's like really concentrating hard on consensual sex, and Tui goes back a, back, a, back behind the monitor. <laughs> He's nailing this. Uh, yeah, some serious blue screen. I, I love the this film isn't the first and it won't be the last. The aliens communicate with those weird bubbly popping sounds, which is I think Alien Nation did that. There's a yeah. lot of that, and I I love it. I love alien. Love it, yeah. I love the alien bubble popping sounds. What Sheen gets, uh, he at one point he, there's okay. A, wait, wait. <clears throat> no, go ahead. Don't I'm sorry. don't undersell what you're about to talk about. 
This is one of the... You had, you're going to have to talk about because I think it's maybe problematic. I think it may be one of the most <laughs> amazing things I've ever seen. <laughs> well, you describe it then. Well, so the aliens have this device that lays on slathered human faces and skin on them. They get in there and it gives them a, you know, what do they call it? 30-minute makeover, whatever you want to call it. You yeah. Yeah. Um, And there were a few decisions made here that blow me off. So Tui decides, all right, we're going to have Charlie's character step into this thing to, to sneak out of the base, which is a great... He disguise himself, because they put out an APB on him in, this, in the yeah, hideout. Yeah, they, yeah. they flash his picture up. All prostitutes bulletin. <laughs> they, they, uh, so Charlie, of course he's going to use that thing. But what I was hoping, I assume it was going to turn him to, to look like an alien, but it did not. So, Char- this movie, if if for no other reason you see this movie, mm-hmm. you need to see this movie to see Charlie Sheen in bad prosthetic Mexican makeup. So that's what I'm talking about. So when this is the easiest thing they could have done here was if they wanted to do this right, get a Mexican guess, actor. <laughs> yes, and so he gets in this machine. And then he becomes someone else. They do like a, a thing, like the same thing they kind of do in like Zoolander or something. And it's like he looks like instead Emilio Escobar. Instead, they put this. I mean, it's a, it's like offensive. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't in '99. It's just funny. It's just funny. The choice is just bizarre. And then he starts sweating. He immediately starts dark manning this costume. I love like, it. You know I what I'm saying? It, yeah. Though there's a lot of dark man in this movie. Think about the like the yeah. home lab and all that shit. Yeah. His his skin his fake skin starts bubbling. <laughs> and then the scene where he tears it off when no, he finally no, gets well, free. No, well that's it's a incredible. that's an amazing scene. But there's also an amazing scene in the elevator where the the tag the ca- taxi cab driver is in there with him and starts bubble talking to him. <laughs> He just nods like he yeah. nods. He, he the guy does it, and then Charlie Sheen nods. As if it, no, he shakes his head as if to disagree, yeah, right. which killed me. Such great physical comedy. Then the guy like sees his hand, and he asks. Well, the, the guy, the guy actually accepts that answer, right? But first. then he he notices his hand like sweating. He says the exact same bubble phrase, yeah. And then Charlie <laughs> repeats a line that he had said to him earlier in the film, which destroyed me. Uh, he goes, do you want to see the ruins, my friend? And then he pushes this guy to his death. <laughs> <laughs> pushes him out the elevator. It is so yeah. cute. It's so yeah. cute and weird that a a, a a badly prosthetic Charlie Sheen, which I didn't know I needed, pushing this guy to his death. Oh, so It's an good. insane sequence. And the thing about it is I say it's problematic a little bit. I, I kind of... I don't know. It's it's just it's strange that they did this. It's like she. Do you think? Are you Shane saying was like, it's problematic because they took a job away from a Mexican actor? I don't know. It just seems like they they made Charlie Sheen up to be like it doesn't make any sense. Like they disguise him as like a uh, an a Mexican a Mexican. Uh, I guess you know it's just weird. I gotta it's, be honest. Gotta, like, if you have to break a few eggs to make that magical <laughs> omelet, baby. <laughs> I'm not going to be deprived of seeing Charlie Sheen in that makeup. I don't care who gets offended. That needs to happen. It's just so odd. And then he's dripping this this disguise off, and then he tears it off when he gets outside. It's like like the end of Shawshank with Robbins getting out of the fucking prison. And then they cut back to him, and he's about to drive, and he rips a skin flap off his arm and throws it out the car. It's incredible. I, I, I hope against hope that when he passes, and I hope it's many decades from now, that that's one of the in memoriam things they show is Charlie. <laughs> well, so anyway, Sheen, yeah, Charlie Sheen what is so, shaking his head in the elevator. Charlie Sheen has seen this, uh, alien, uh, headquarters that just, that's underground and it's, 
all the stuff he can't understand. So he decides immediately to go to the police. How does it tell them what he sees? How does it go? <laughs> that's not go good. No, well, but that's when he says your favorite line. No, no, it isn't. He is, or one of your favorite lines. Nope, nope. That's you a, don't that, even like that, it. That's later on. He says. No, he says it to the cop. He says it to Ron Silver later on. What do you, oh, he does. You're right. Yeah, but um, the uh, he also says to the. Uh, I guess to Ron Silver, he says, if you ever had to get a chance to travel with a Mexican rodeo pass. Yeah, because that's how he apparently gets out of Mexico, which yeah, is that's ador- how he gets the, adorable. Gets back into America. You know what he could have used mm-hmm. is that skin. That would have helped him. But yeah, it doesn't last very long. But the funny thing is, so he's at the he's at the police station. The guy does not trust him, mm-hmm. and then uh, he. It's so funny. Charlie demand. I demand it. He wants to see the body of this person he ran over because he did. He runs over an alien on his way out of the. Out of he the, runs over the altar, Ron Silver. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. We didn't mention that. So there's a mustachioed, Ron Mexican Ron Silver. A Mexican Ron Silver. Yeah. Maybe that's more problematic. I'm not sure. I, I, that must they have didn't been, have that must have been Ron Zacapa. He did. He does speak, I think, Spanish. I think he does something. It's I don't know. But so it makes me it makes me wonder if like there's X amount of molds like humans that they can. I like the well, idea Charlie, that like Ron Silver is like like one of like 20 models that they have. Well, that's what Charlie Sheen says to him later. He said you should have broke the mold. Yeah. And he rips them for them. I love it. You know duplicating so he runs over a creep but they uh, he demands to see the body which i don't know a lot about the legal world but i don't think that if you're a suspect in a murder you're allowed to have a gander at the body i just don't think that's something that happens <laughs> but the funny thing is is during all this the, the cop leaves the room because a truck has arrived with Lindsay krauss's destroyed form and there's this hilarious quick shot of her rigor mortis body yeah which is another thing i didn't realize how much i needed well what about how he gets out of the the, the police station. It's adorable. It, you know what it is? Over. It's Chaplin-esque. He tips over a desk or something and climbs up out of a small well, window. You don't see it happen. You see the results no. of it. Yeah. No, this just is funny. Yeah. Yeah, he's horrified. Well, they say in, in filmmaking, you don't introduce a stool in a cabinet in the first act if you're if it's not yeah. going to pay off in the... Mm-mm. Yeah. So he does get back to Ron Silver, confronts him about all this stuff, and actually secretly with, records... With the best sunglasses I've ever seen. Yeah, like these... Kind of these dime store sunglasses, like a fluorescent yellow. Yeah, magical. Yeah, the sunglasses work. In the this funny thing is, is Charlie. Okay, so the big there's a the most important line in this film happens here, and it's about how bad he looks. But I got to be honest, he looks better with the with the, he, he doesn't. That's the best he looks in this movie. The beard. Yeah. His stubble. Yeah. Because he, he, he looks a little too uh, Ken, like a little too synthetic for the majority of the film with the way that his mm-hmm. goatee is. Sure. He looks he looks like Charlie Sheen finally in that in this. Well, so <clears throat> the scene where he confronts Ron Silver and takes him outside, that's when the candy comes out of his mouth and he he purchases uh, purchases it on his finger. And then if you watch that scene, it stays on there the whole scene. It's incredible. I need to cue that thing up. I know I know I have a six AM flight, but priorities. And so Ron Silver is like, Look, you know, you're no one's gonna believe you, whatever you're talking about. You know, he's kinda like sympathetic in a way to Charlie Sheen. And then Charlie Sheen starts to really go in on what they're doing, and just Ron Silver under his breath like you're a dead man. Yeah, like he just says it just so casually. But this takes place yeah. after the line. Oh, it does. Yeah. Okay. So, so talk, talk about the line. I mean, no, the the line is one of the best lines that exist, and mm-hmm. and it's ridiculous, and it only works because it's coming out of him, and it's so badly delivered, but it's still amazing. Um, <laughs> so Ron Silver sees the 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 now post-rodeo version of Charlie Sheen, who has been mm-hmm. involved in 
all sorts of extraterrestrial shenanigans and tells him he looks like hell, basically. Mm-hmm. And what does Charlie say as a response? You have to say it, because I have it written down, but I want to hear you say it. He just says, I look like a can of smashed assholes. <laughs> bag, I think. A can. Is it? I think it's a can of I think sm- it's a bag. I think it's a is can. Is it a can? I think it's a can. Could be a can. I gotta know. I think it's a can of smell. I, I, if it's a bag, I'm I'm gonna delete this podcast because it's not. <laughs> then this movie sucks. Maybe I wrote it down wrong. I mean, you're the one that would know. In my in my sweetheart, it's a can. It is. Yeah. That's even better, actually. No, that's why. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, and he says it so like he says he's, he almost delivered. Yeah, actually, he says actually, I yeah. look like a can of smash assholes. It's like he's delivering it like it's a, uh, um, it's like a one-liner that like Schwarzenegger would deliver, but it's like a total rip on his. <laughs> That's what's so great about it. <laughs> it's like a kiss-off line, but he's ripping his appearance. Yep. <laughs> and it's so awkward. It's it's one of yeah. those things, but I, it just it's it's endearing somehow because there, this is during that miniature window where charlie sheen was the star of movies and so the the climax starts to happen he gets terry polo uh, and he gets this neighbor kid they they run off to the satellite the, this, and this you, dish. the kid when, remember when he tells the kid about that he's that the aliens are real yeah which two movie That's references the kid drop on him i can't remember he asked if the aliens had glowing fingers Oh, E.T. And then he asks that the aliens have giant metal jaws that come out of their mouth. Oh, yeah, aliens. Yeah, I thought it was kind of so, great. I didn't remember that second part. E.T.'s referenced a couple times in this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the, the landscape bad guys catch up with them there. And one of the, the second guy, not Leon Rippey, looks like Anthony Held. Yeah, he looks... Science of the Lambs. To an extent. He's the sickle prick. <laughs> He's the guy that's waving the sickle around. Isn't that one of Superman's enemies? Mr. Sickle Prick? <laughs> my favorite thing that happens too in this is to show that how smart these guys are like Charlie Sheen he starts whipping tail on the keyboard like his fingers are just it's like a keyboard concerto that, I love that so that is Buddy Joe Hooker very famous stuntman is it really? yep uh, if you see the credits sickle prick I mean Charlie Sheen you know why Charlie Sheen allowed allowed him to be hired so this is where the climax happens. Um, you find out that there's a big question. Now, this is what I love about Tui, is he always like throws your expectations off. And uh, they make out Terry Polo. Like, you, th- you for sure know that she is going to be an alien in disguise. Charlie Sheen, the whole time, was sleeping with the alien. And she is about to betray him. Joe Satriani album. Instead, it's the little kid. That is the secret alien, right? And do you, okay. So we got to talk about the unfortunate fashion situation Terry Polo finds herself in in this movie. Are you talking about that she's wearing a red ascot? It's like a little scarf, a little bolo thing. That's, let's just call it an ascot. Let's call it a bolo. Let's call it a polo bolo. <laughs> it's like Fred from Scooby Doo. That's that kind of Exa- look. Is it Fred that wears that thing? Yeah, I thought it was mm-hmm. the girl that wears it. It no, is I think Fred. she has one too, but Fred has one. God, know? I thought I could hate him more. I think Daphne has a green one, but I think Fred rocks the red. Oof. Yeah, the white shirt too. You know, you know how I feel about that shit. I really hate me a scarf on a person. Well, there's a, a lot of focus on it because then the because the, the phantasm ball comes back into play and and, and just that. That was my fi- that was the that was the hero moment in the film when that fucking tie gets destroyed. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wrote fuck that bolo on my thing. I, I hate it so much. That's where I thought she was an alien because only an alien would be such an asshole, but she's not. Um, and so this is what happens. So they they the, the betrayal happens. The kid, uh, you know, doesn't help Charlie Sheen get the message out to the world. In fact, betrays him. Let's Ron Silver into the installation. You know, there's this whole back and forth between like you know the Sheen and Polo are trying to get this you know message out to the universe basically that you know Earth's been taken over and invaded. So anyway, <clears throat> the bad guys break in to where Sheen and Polo are, but what happens? What what happens? Tell me. They freeze them. Uh, it makes me so happy because I, I want they, uh, any opportunity for me to drop a Leon Nippy joke. The aliens don't react well to cold. Right. And uh, they especially don't react well to being frozen. Um, and so then that's when this whole thing at the end uh, comes into play where Charlie Sheen is digging into this frozen coat of Ron Silver to get this tape. And it lasts a long time. It does last a long time, but I love it. There's this old school s- score playing. Like the music for this movie is very mm-hmm. like old school. Yeah. Old school sci-fi, which I love. There's a, there's an mm-hmm. archness to it that I, I'm sure Tui did intentionally... I just love it. It gives it that more B movie kind of thing. I love that. Sure. But the first of all, people can't get frozen in movies enough. I agree. Um, usually they get shattered, and I was disappointed that we only get to see an arm come off in this, which is which is hilarious because it's like House of Wax, where Padalecki's eyes are watching bad things happen to his his immobilized <laughs> body. Ron Silver's well, eyes starts he's, he starts to thaw a little bit, and he's looking around. Yeah. He's trying to talk under his breath, little breath coming out. And Charlie Sheen knocks his hand off while he's watching. It's delightful. Well, so yeah, he takes an axe because because Silver does grab Charlie Sheen and he and he he takes the axe and cuts his arm off. But there's a scene when it looks like the arm is sentient and it's coming after Charlie Sheen, but it's just being pulled into the uh, fantastic. One of my ball. favorite shots: the frozen arm getting sucked. Oh, <laughs> the joy of seeing that. But Charlie Sheen's shoes get sucked off. Uh, he's his barefoot. His shoes get. He's barefoot on the surface of a satellite. Nick, uh, what do they? What do they call it? a radar dish or whatever? He's. And at one point, Charlie Sheen says, well, first he says at the beginning of the movie, he says he demands more dish time." Yeah. And do you think this is what he meant? Yeah. That he wanted to yeah. stretch his toes out. On, the best. The best thing. Okay, so the, the, they win, right? They they they, mm-hmm. they the frozens get destroyed. The ball goes fucking haywire and blows everything. The the thing is the the best result of that of that I guess you'd call it a a, a microcosm whatever that thing does down there mm-hmm. is it renders Charlie Sheen uh, he's he's trapped in like a hall, in like a pipe or whatever and he comes out in full beggar's clothing. That's what I'm talking about. He's he looks shipwrecked, baby. <laughs> He does. He actually does. He he does. And then just to just to put a fine point on it, he meets a damn hottie at a crossroads at the end. Very. I wish. I wish. (laughs) Unbelievable. Like, I would. I. I. I would chef's kiss the wardrobe person because that is just. <laughs> just because his clothes got yanked away by an alien device, and it, the best is the alien device is like it's like it looks like a prankster. It's it's very um, uh, powerful, but just powerful enough to rip his shoes off his feet and kind of dishevel. His yeah, clothes. yeah. It's um, the alien needs they need to take that thing into the shop. 
I love it. That ball rocks ass, though. <laughs> it lives somewhere between the Phantasm Ball and the Lament configuration, I think. It's, it's basketball size, too. It's surprisingly big. Oh, it's such a magnificent thing. He comes out yeah. tattered out. <laughs> there's a point of view shot from the alien uh, sphere. The there's ball, m- and- there's too many. Of the, and it doesn't make it, it no one cares. No, like, why would they point of view it? And they keeps, like th- it keeps every time one of the mirror things opens up, we get to see a split screen gets more split. Yeah, it's amazing. I guess, I guess what they want to do is put in the viewer's imagination that this thing means business and will shred clothing. <laughs> I she's wide eyed acting throughout this film is like a gift from God. Yeah, you know, I mean, it is. He is just blown away by everything the entire movie. You know, he just looks uh, gobsmacked. Let's talk about who probably passed on this to get it to get to the point where they're casting Charlie Sheen to play a brilliant radio astronomer. You know, was George Thorogood unavailable? They said I said at the beginning of this that Tui rewrote this for Sheen. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's how they got it greenlit. Oh, that's great. And you know the the amount of research he must have done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He... Do you think you th- you think he set with the radar techs at SETI? He did. Is that where they? He did. Is that what they do? Search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Is that where they do this? Is it SETI? Is SETI still around? Yeah, of course. I think I think more likely he he was at the brothel and he's like, "Can you try to suck my shoes off?" <laughs> She's like, well, "You're paying." Um, but you know what though? It's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. I love Tui. I mean, he's like one. Of, I just love him. I love his movies. This is a little bit, um, you know, clumsy, but I still like it. It's. I mean, it's, it really is. It it goes for it. It does, and I I don't think it's as goofy as you do. I think it's kind of fun. It's it's. It's you know it's a fun conspiracy movie that has a very goofy element and Tui knows it like Tui is a, he's in on the joke like he's having fun. You what year did this come out? It's like eighty seven or yeah. something. The thing that's great is this is one of those movies that came out during that unfortunate period where we were transitioning between practical and digital and we were I, I think it's a it's a definitely a product of its time but I think it's just it's a charming little movie. I mean they made a sequel so it was successful and. You know. It actually was, it was accessible overseas, not not too much here. But they got Muldoon in the sequel, Patrick Muldoon. And you mentioned you want to see it now. I do want to see it, actually. Well, we'll both see it, because that is going to happen in episode 213. We should do a Muldoon stretch right. around that time. Just get a couple of his films. Patrick Muldoon. We should really fuck it at Villeneuve and, and, and consider doing his movie, but not... Yeah, his is just a rival, right? No, no, I meant we should we should Muldoon, but then kind of move on to something else. <laughs> oh my god! Am I wrong about when this is a, this came out? No, uh, rivals. The rivals nineteen ninety six. Am I wrong? I thought it was the late eighties. So it's ninety six. So this is actually well after X Files. I, I was wrong. Why did I think it was earlier? I don't know. They stack great films that high. I can't zoom in. I can't zoom in so hard. What a great year, 96. Oh, Charlie Sheen. So, guys, it's great, but it's time to move on. Oh, my God, the tagline. 
Tagline's huge for this film. Go ahead. I'm going to come up with it. You go ahead. So you, uh, you've gone through layers and layers of alien hardware and circuitry and God knows what kind of real estate and architecture mm-hmm. to reach the lowest portion. Uh, uh, but there's not an alien at the bottom. It's a tattoo guy. And he's sitting there, just legs bent the right way, just waiting for you to sit down and get your skin incarcerated by him. So it's time to get your arrival tat, Just. <clears throat> Mine's easy. I'm going to have an ultra-detailed, ultra-detailed, photorealistic back, like an entire back done mm-hmm. of that sure. old, adorable alien guy from Mexico yeah. holding his little marionette, you know, what do they call it, a marionette cross? What do they call it, like a puppet triangle? What do they call that thing that they hold with the little planks, you know? I think, yeah, sticks. They call it a puppet triangle. <laughs> so he's holding that up, and the strings... Mm are going down, down, down right into my butthole. So, he's, <laughs> it, so it's, you know, it's, it's, he's, he's got his, he's controlling it, you know? Or maybe I've inhaled his skeleton, you know? But it's adorable. And it's like, a, it's like that famous uh, MC, is it an MC Escher where he's like looking in the mirror? Mm-hmm. It's like that. He's like a little, it's like a spherical. He's distorted. It's almost like he's looking at you, full back tattoo, and his hands are stringing into my buddy. Into <laughs> your buddy? <laughs> what about you? I just get a simple one <clears throat> on my arm where people can see it. So I get it. I get it on my like forearm on top that would just say Wolf Wolf Dash three three six. And then people would ask me about it. I go, those who know, know. <laughs> and then I'd never. I'd be depressed because I'd realize that no one ever knows ever. <laughs> And all I ever get is, what is that tattoo? And never explain it, but I keep hoping to meet my soulmate. Yeah. That would I would know, my arrival soulmate. It'd, it'd be anyway. funny if you go to like a fan convention mm-hmm. and Tui's there at the, at the autograph mm-hmm. table and you show him the tattoo. He's like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? You, what is this fucking shit? Um, <laughs> how suicided would you instantly be? Uh, <laughs> you put, go back to your car and it's also got the license plate. Well, you're like, ah, fuck this life. I've... I first, th- I for sure thought this was late '80s. I don't, I don't know why I thought that though. It's not. I mean, obviously, it's not. Yeah. It's got too much CGI in it. Yeah. I mean, too much pristine, beautiful CGI in it. <laughs> it had to be have been done for a song. So, Tui is a thrifty guy. He does a lot with little, typically. You know, like Vin Diesel's acting. How thrilled do you think um, Robert Browning would be whenever someone says the quote, "A man's reach should exceed his grasp." grass where else what's heaven for and someone says is that from the arrival <laughs> how jazz do you think you'd be <laughs> just thrilled up there on a cloud you know he carries an aluminum bat with him wherever he goes just in case he needs to reverse their kneecaps hey. so look you've been inserted into the running time of the arrival mm-hmm. what shape does your performance take this is pinch me time i'm in the arrival mm-hmm. well i want to be i wanted i feel like if you do non-threatening things in this movie you get killed so i'd, I'd want to be partnering up in the conspiracy with sheen or something i don't know what about you do you have any idea yeah i'm i'm a the laughing stock of the alien community they call me the they call me the phalian because why because my legs are double jointed so they bend all the way up to my face <laughs> So, so I just yeah you're I, yeah you got you're too gifted you're too blessed I'm too good I, mm-hmm. I look like 
uh, an upside down table folded, you know, like I am, I'm on, I'm always on my, my bottom and my legs are always up straight behind and weird and up. (laughs) I'm the, I'm a huge mistake. I I just, I'm I'm like a piece of furniture in the alien hive, you know, they're like, oh, there's the phalian. That's mean. And I, You're getting bullied. And I know, I know, and it sucks because, like, I have to beg for food. They may bring me food. They may not. I just sit there with my leg, looking at my looking at my feet, like, directly in my own feet's face. <laughs> what What's the Scar- Scarlett Johansson movie about the alien? Yeah. I read the book. Yeah. What's it, ghost, what's it called? Ghost, ghost World. Are you talking about uh, Under you- the Skin? Yeah, did you find that that movie had a lot in common with this? Just nod. Just nod, yes. I was... And we'll move on. I was empty at the end of both. <laughs> I'm taking that, like, as a... I'm going to cute that up as a... Are you talking about your soul? Uh-huh. <laughs> a little creepy, a little creepy laugh. Oh, fair enough. My character would be... I'd wake up... You see me, I'd wake up. You don't know who I am. And I'm waking up. <clears throat> I'm cleaning up, and coffee. she and then she gets naked. I'm like, oh shit! It gets. Oh. All right, sorry. <laughs> what? So my character, you'd see me wake up. You're like, is this Charlie Sheen's neighbor? What's going on? I don't understand. Like, well, who is this guy? We haven't seen him before. Is he an alien? What's going on? And I'm getting coffee. It's like real time. Like you're watching me brush my teeth, drink coffee, meeting Cheerios. You know, maybe throw a little yogurt uh, to the side, get some toast. That's a healthy breakfast. Clean up. I'm washing the dishes. I don't. I don't save it till later. And you're like, I don't understand the scene. What's happening? And then I start getting dressed. I'm like, Where's my? I don't. Where did I put my shirt? Where? What? I can't find it anywhere. I look in the line, and this is real time too. I'm looking for it. I'm looking everywhere for it. And then I, um, they the camera slowly pans to my ID badge. It says Gern. <laughs> Pretty great. Yeah. That'd be funny. My first or, that'd be first or last name <laughs> only. I th- it'd be great if he's in that Mexican prison and and he's like, I did not really run that person over, and they're like, You're not here because of that. Gurn reported you. <laughs> you stole his shirt. <laughs> um, that'd be amazing if there's a scene where, and then after that scene, you just see Charlie Sheen running, hightailing it away from that apartment complex with shirt and uh, you know fluttering behind him. <laughs> yeah, he stopped. Yeah, I'm Gurren, man. I love it. Um, <clears throat> all right, so hey, you've been given the budget to green light and make a mm-hmm. sequel to the arrival, yeah. unrelated to Muldoon. Fair. So what you what were, maybe Charlie Sheen would be in this? Where'd you, you take know? it? Well, that's that's what we're here for. <clears throat> Where would I take the sequel? Yeah. Well, you know, at the end of this movie, it's kind of bittersweet. Charlie Sheen's yelling at this kid, this alien kid. Off this, the, the dish, and he says, Why don't you just tell us? We could have worked together to, to end the earth through terraforming. Yeah. And the kid, then the kid backwards needs it, needs it out of there. He runs across the field, but there's a great shot of him running through the field, and they just cut to an obvious shot of him running. Yep. Yeah, he goes, he goes <laughs> behind a bush, and they're like, You could clock out, CGI man. <laughs> no more need for that shit. He's far enough away, no one will tell yeah. that he doesn't have those. Those backwards or frontwards knees, whatever he's doing. What are they calling him? Super. A mas- massage therapist that the aliens keep coming to. Wait, your move? This is your sequel? Oh, that's right. 
I reinvented a character. I like the sequel. Me I like the sequel. It's the first person. It's like a VR <laughs> VR sequel for your. Hear me out, Nick. This is sick. Hear me out. I'm a massage therapist, and um, I've been losing biz. You know, like when I watched Under the Skin. <laughs> and I go, um, I don't know. Go ahead, you go. I, I messed up. You're right. Go ahead. Mine's called The Departure. Obviously. Yeah. And it's, you know, so Chuck uh, is the least uh, in shape astronaut being put into a, a, a machine to go into the sky. And they send him rocketing into the night and he goes out there and he is on a mission, man. It's it's He's on a mission to, to, to explore the cosmos. He's heading towards the alien, these aliens' home world. Of course, yeah. And um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really neat story. Uh, it's in real time. It's his journey to their home world. Yeah. So you're, you're. It's just you have like 365 months of Charlie Sheen in an in a craft shot at digital. And then you know the whole thing is he's like he's like really trying to figure out how do I when I get I don't I can't speak bubbles, so he can't do that. He doesn't really have mm -hmm. a, a you know a contact on the aliens planet. So what he does is he just spends his entire flight just manhandling his own legs to try to make it. You know, look shitty like theirs. Yeah, of course. He gets there and they're like, well, yeah, your legs are in the right shape, but you're a Charlie Sheen. Mm -hmm. There's no head flaps. He's wearing a, a you know a t-shirt. So what an idiot. <laughs> so I work at SETI. That, that's huge. This is the sequel, and Charlie Sheen's not in it. I'm a new character. I just also happen to be named Zane Zelensky. Junior, <laughs> maybe that's me. Like I'm his son, you know. Latest is in the future. I'm... And the aliens, like you know, they kind of their plans got a little thwarted, so they're off the timeline. They haven't terraformed fast enough. Although Charlie Sheen didn't do much. Did right. He? Like he reported that this was happening, but did they do anything to stop it? By the way, no. I want to thank Mr. And Mrs. Polo because terraformed all good. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> she left Twitter, Dick Terry Polo. In a in a in a fit or did? No, she just retired so, from social media for a while. I was following up on her today, see if she was out there in the socials. So good. She called it quits on Twitter for 2021. Just FYI, just zoom in. You know, uh, she uh, there's a bargain basement version of her out there. Have you seen her, mm -hmm. Terry Nautica? <laughs> so anyway, I'm in the SETI, you know, the situation and. Uh, I have having stomach troubles and let out a huge fart, like disgusting, super loud. And I try to uh, lie and pass it off that it's a signal from space. <laughs> and uh, everybody's like, what the hell happened? I go, guys, you're not going to believe this. They're like, did you just fart? I go, I can't. I'm, di I'm dialing. <laughs> thing. I'm in there real close because I think we just got something from Woof. Four five five, you know. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this is huge, and like I think that was a fart. Like I can't believe the way this is incredible. First contact. Um, this is the sequel as well. This. Is the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole movie is me creating this vast lie to cover up from for one fart. <laughs> Scorpions are also released at one point to kill my coworker. Oh, they can, you know, it's just man, they they're hard up, huh? I guess they're not playing fairs anymore. I'm just saying that I just 
uh, do I pull it off? That's why you have to watch the film. Yeah. Saying Zelensky Jr. pull it off. That's a that's a hilarious sequel. Thank you. You're right. That's great. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. So look, the film's over. What? There's a stinger at the end of the arrival. Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm excited. We didn't do a product either. We've got plenty to go. Yeah. <laughs> um. So dig this. Picture in your mind's eye a uh, a, a generic office building. Mm-hmm. Camera slowly, slowly, slowly creeping towards it after the credits. And you're waiting, you're waiting to see. You know, you, you know, you just discovered that no animals were harmed, and um, come into this industrial building. Bing, 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 bing. You zoom all the way to the window. You go in there, and it's the offices of an orthopedic knee doctor, and he is cracking his knuckles, just leaning back in his chair, cracking his knuckles because he is like he's about to get lit. Yeah. Yeah. You think the aliens get arthritis there? It doesn't matter. Don't matter. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Just wondering. Because they they need the lube. They need they need <laughs> things happening to that leg. Darkened room. Here's my deleted scene. Darkened room. Stinger. The sound of sound of snoring. In the distance, you see a shadowy figure in the room, and this ominous, like slow, ominous music builds up as the figure moves closer and closer to the sleeping man. And you're like, oh god, what's happening? Is this is Zane Zelensky just about to get murdered? And the credits? Is it Zelensky or Zeminsky? It's probably Zeminsky. It's Zuminsky, if you know what I'm saying. Hell yeah. And um, that's when we that's when we do hot dog the movie on here. And uh, closer and closer to the sleeping figure, who is so innocent and dreaming, you know, doesn't know what's coming. And then all of a sudden, the figure opens the closet door very slowly and hangs something in there. Uh huh. And leaves, and you see a swinging shirt that says Gurn on it. <laughs> and then they cut to Charlie Sheen running, tailing out of there, running ass away from this apartment complex with a big smile on his face. He put the shirt back. Yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. And he put it at Mort's house. <laughs> what a fuck. Fucked up. Always the court, always the court jester. Yeah, Charlie Sheen. Chaos. Charlie Sheen should have played the Joker in Suicide Squad. They said that chaos is a ladder, and that's what they meant: is that he's putting the wrong shirts in people's houses. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got a product? You have a does that make business? Does that make uh, normalcy a shoot? <laughs> okay, it's a good question. That is. Yeah. So hey, look, you've been given the the resources to create your own arrival, the arrival tide product. Mine's a no brainer. So you're at the mall, right? You're walking around. You ever see one of those hurricane booths? <laughs> yes. Well, goodness gracious me. There is an arrival themed hurricane booth little thing there, right? Mm. And there's a, there's actually two of them, which blows your mind. Two of these? Yeah, one of them oh. is to approximates the ball doing its its dirty work. Sure, so yeah, you go in there and this thing rotates. You spin beyond repair, like you're spinned into oblivion. Mm-hmm. It's like it's actually a blender. It's just a giant blender. Everybody thinks it's the arrival ball, but it's basically you stand on a blender for about a few minutes. And that's the, that's one of our delightful rides. But the other one next to it is actually quite inspired. It's a, it's another. It looks like the hurricane booth, but there's a giant tube coming out of it, leading to God knows where. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so you go in this booth, because of course you're going to, after seeing the people scattered. And then, Got it. So you go in there, and you see, it's so funny. It's just a booth, and there's a guy there sitting there with a cash register, and then a stack of mustaches. 
Okay. So you go in this booth and it shoots. Uh, it's just it latexes you completely up over your clothing, and then they put the mustache on you, and you've been Charlie Sheen, um, Mexican American. And that's what it's, what's it called? Is it called the Rival Booth? I guess you can call it that. Yeah. I didn't think about the name of it. It's uh, a problematic tube. <laughs> then you just slosh around the mall, covered in latex, with a mustache randomly put on your person. Oh, it's look, it's Charlie Sheen. Does it have a does it have a um, expiration like t- a dark man type thing yep, going yeah, on where it yeah. drips off you? Yeah. yeah. So there's a line that's I would do a tie in with corn nuts. You read corn nuts? It's a traveling snack. You know what I'm talking about? We go to gas stations and get corn nuts. I've seen it. Yeah, they're pretty horrible for you. But I would do a tie in for this movie, and it would be Uncle Earl's aching corn nuts instead of Uncle Earl's aching corns because Lindsay Lindsay Krause at one point. Is talking about people who prognosticate or you know whatever they 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 look into the future and that's one of the things she name checks is Uncle Earl's aching corns, and I was like yeah let's do, we'll do a tie in with corn nuts here you never crunched on those huh Mm-mm. yeah I don't recommend it they have different flavors too like ranch and barbecue I guess the texture and the way it crunches is the whole selling thing because the taste can't be I think the idea of corn nuts those words being put in the same sentence predates food like things that are created that are desirable i think i think corn nuts and zagnut and bit of honey and all that shit came out of the same era you know that's a low-key champion of the travel foods though because it's been around for decades and you know no one never talks about corn nuts but they are always available so someone's buying those bad boys those and neko wafers do you ever rock those on traveling are they like nilla wafers so they're like um no neko n-e-c-c-o and they're like these big. Like, it was a, It was an innocent question, just so you know. It's a flat candy, uh, dry candy, and they're shaped like quarters, and they're rolled up in with like the little the white with the pellets paper. in it. Little pellets in it. No, they're just these flat candies, different flavors. They taste like chalk. You don't know a Necco wafer? I think I do, but I thought they were filled with these tiny little beads. No. There's also a boring wafer like that. That's. A flying saucer shaped and it's filled with little beads. Okay, I don't know that one. Yeah, it does. It's, it's a traveling candy. You get that on the road, like a zero bar. You read a zero bar on a, from a gas station. No, those are like those white with nougat in them. White, white you know, white chocolate. Mm-mm. Clark bar. What about that? No. I had the McCready bar once. But I no, I'm not a, I'm not a travel snack. You don't really do it, do you? You don't really get in there. I'm what the, I'm the, I'm the combos, combos. Combo, what about combos? Pizzeria pretzel, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only flavor. Uh, I mean, yeah. one of my, one of my favorite foods. Mm-hmm. And it's like dropping a diarrhea pill in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. Oh, that yeah, uh, what you just oh said? my god, Cor- the the yeah, they're, those things go right through. Mm-hmm. Those things nail yeah, it. Fun to eat though. Delightful to eat, and 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 you got it. Instant regret, instant instant buyer, instant buyer's remorse when you finish those off. Shouldn't have done it. Too much salt, and then they they used to be able, used to be able to suck that shit right through the tube. Not anymore. Mm-mm. Back in the eighties, you could suck that shit right through the tube. Now you gotta nope. you gotta work it. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta poke it through the pencil, like mechanical pencil. So I just wish they would sell you the inside of that. Yeah, cheese. No, no, that that pizzeria pretzel flavoring. What would you spread it on? Ne- Necco wafer, or I put it. I put on a Necromancer. I don't care. I mean, like it's fucking good. 
I don't know if I'm saying it right. Necco. N-E-C-C-O. I don't know. No one knows. That's right. Uh, sounds like one of the jackass guys. Sounds like our next major sponsorship. Yeah. Necco wafers. I'm going to feel completely... I'll get you some. Yeah. I'll buy you some. Um, so, the moment we've all been waiting for. We're nearing the end. So, we've been wish, gathering debris low these right. many years and containing it on an island of our own. Of course. It's it's a charming place, loaded with discoveries. Um what would you have from the arrival on yours? Oh, man. Such a great question. I would take the kid's backward baseball cap that he wears. It's not even backwards. It's like three quarters like turned. He does have it backwards sometimes so you can read what it says on it. What does it say? All conditions gear. And, you know, so just kind of telling you that this hat you can wear in the rain, snow, heat. Arbitrage. Uh, in space because this is in, you know arbitrage for sure um but you know an island you never the weather's unpredictable salty air you know typhoon stuff i don't know what's going on there mm-hmm. whole whole source of i need that hat to protect me that's why that's what i'd wear either that or the cute skeleton puppet i'm still making my decision here what about you so i've i've uh done some personal genitorture on myself and i've had a chrome hook screwed into my navel but not not because I get off on it. It hurts more than no. it helps. Cleaning that thing, no. the the infections that I get in the old bell, it's not worth it. But how else am I going to display the game-used Ron's silver mustache hanging from my navel as a little punctuation down there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've got that secondary little, secondary hair. I mean, it's that's like yeah, it's like a it's like a it's like. Sometimes they look at me and I'm in the unflagrante. They think, is that a Pringle? No, it's not. It's Nick with a, a metal hook and a mustache hanging from his piece. Is that a Pringle? Is that a Mr. Pringle over? No, it's a, it's, it's, oh, Nick, it's Nick's that. naked body with a fucking mustache hanging on it. Uh, and it's just hanging low. Like, it's just so strange. But it's game used. Uh, and and it's it's game used. It's, it was. It's been. It's. That's the. That's the actual talent from the movie. Like that. That mustache was actually game used. What is? You know, like you know, like what is game? You know, used like athletes will sell their jerseys. Game used. You know, it's way more valuable. So I've got a game used silver mustache, and I got to be honest. It's not always hanging from my bell. I have sprayed it with a starch-like substance, so I can use it as my own batarang. Mm-hmm. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I, yeah, and I, I, I keep it. Sometimes I'll tuck when I let my hair grow out. I'll tuck it into my hair up there so I can like whip it out and and fling it. At somebody, you know, yeah. You know, somebody, I like the idea. I, I really kind of get off on the idea of somebody recoiling, trying to recognize if that's Ron Silver's mustache from. Company. It's multi-purpose, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I'm gonna bring something up because that's, uh, you know, I want to do a little palate cleanser after that. <laughs> You mind if I let me catch my breath if you real you could edit this part out, okay? I'm gonna breathe into a paper bag real quick. Hold on, okay? <laughs> is is um, Gina Crono in there? <laughs> so uh I talked about a lot. I brought up a few times that Charlie Sheen has this red piece of candy uh stuck to his index finger during a scene. He takes it out of his mouth and he and like he has to save it so he won't shout it out of his mouth while he's acting. He puts it on his finger. Do you think that's an E.T. reference? I'm just realizing that. Do you think that's a, a little wink old David Tui is doing there? 
giving Sheen the ET finger with a piece of candy? That, just, that I, you by the to, way, you don't have to answer now. You don't have to answer now. Just think about it. I just can't Sleep believe you quoted the arrival and the Kama Sutra at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Given Tui the, the ET finger.